You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Last Sunday, we began a four-week series entitled No More Options, Zero Options, Out of Options. But the title of the series is Zero Option. And we've talked about how when you think there are no more options, there's always an option with God. We looked at Daniel 1, and we talked about that story where he chose not to defile himself with the king's food. I said, Daniel drew a line in the sand, and he never crossed it. Listen, church, never, ever cross a line that God has drawn no matter what is at stake. Today, we're going to look at Daniel 3. Listen to this story. Wagner Dodge was a professional firefighter known as a smoke jumper. Now, those of you who are firemen, you're probably familiar with this. Smoke jumpers fly right into the center of forest fires, and they parachute and hoping to stop the flame. Well, Dodge and his crew jumped into a plane to go fight a fire at Man Gulch in central Montana. As they parachuted in, it looked like a pretty normal operation. So they headed single file down the gorge toward the Missouri River to take on the fire. He left his men in the middle of the gorge to scout what was ahead. As he got within 100 feet of the fire, there were three things that would change his life forever. The fire was much worse than what he ever thought, had he ever seen, and overhead, it was just terrible. And it was causing the fire to move a lot faster than he realized. And second, the winds. You know how wind is in a fire. The winds were blowing the fire above the gulch where he left his men all the way up to the ridge, cutting off their escape route. As he ran back to his men and ordered them to retreat, he realized that this gulch was in what is known as a transitional zone. As you can imagine, that is not good. A forest, listen, a forest fire rarely moves at more than four or five miles per hour, which smoke jumpers can always outrun. But Man Gulch was part of a transitional zone. This is an area where mountain forests transition to level plains and prairie grass. So in this case, it was shoulder-high grass, bone dry, and ready to explode when hit with the flame. Every firefighter knows you can't outrun a prairie grass fire. He knew within a minute or two, he and his men would be completely engulfed in the fire. Sap in a few scattered trees was superheating and exploding like bullets going off everywhere. Smoke was as thick as fog, and ashes and embers were falling like snow. There was no escape. Dodge and his 15 men were trapped. It looked like the only options available were stand and burn up, turn and burn up, or run 
and burn up. They had 60 seconds, that's about what they had, to live, and Dodge thought, I have zero options. Now, I'll tell you how the rest of this story ends closer to the end of this message. But we've all been there in our lives, where we're surrounded by the fires of circumstances and situations where we felt like there was no option. You see, like, there's no option except to cheat on your taxes or embezzle from your company or pad your expense account. There's no option to cheat on, a, you know, just an exam, uh, cheat on your spouse, and there's no option except to compromise your convictions for the wrong thing and completely fail. There are no options except to give in, give out, and give up. We are in this series Zero options to help us deal with those situations where we think we're out of options. So this entire series is very simple. When you think you have zero options, there is always the, that God option, or to put it another way, you are never out of options. Today, we're going to look at one of the most familiar and famous stories in all of the Bible, which is so relevant to our world today, to our nation today, to where the church is today, and to where followers of Jesus are today. So turn to Daniel 3, and this is the story of three young men who were thrown into a fiery furnace. How many of you ever heard that story? Raise your hand. Okay. Why were they thrown in that fiery furnace because they were standing up for what was right and standing against what was wrong you probably remember this story without remembering their names there was an old preacher whose mind had begun to fail him and he had a problem remembering names and different things and he couldn't he was going to preach his sermon on these boys and he he said I, I just won't be able to remember their names so what he did he wrote their names on a card and put it in his coat pocket and when it came time in the sermon, and he wanted to talk about those three boys, he pulled his coat open, and he said, you remember those three boys, Hart, Schaffner, and Marks. Some of you get that to know that clothing, don't you? You understand? Now, regardless whether you remember their names or not, even though this story took place over 2,000 years ago, it is up to date as today's headline. Keep in mind, when you read stories in the Bible, you are not just simply reading what has been done, but you are reading what God is doing. You are not just reading what God has said, but you are reading what God is saying. You are reading how God wanted his people to live then, and how God wants his people to live even now. There's a great lesson that we all, who are going to follow Jesus and stay true to his word, had better learn as we face the coming days, weeks, months, and years right here in our nation. Here's the lesson. Here's the key takeaway. When facing the fire, take the heat. No amens on that? When facing the fire, 
take the heat. When you are confronted with a situation where you can either stand for what's right or compromise with what is wrong, always take three steps. Step number one, take courage from God. There are three parts to this story. The story is pretty much set up right here in the first six verses of Daniel chapter 3. And you can read along with your Bibles or just follow on the screen. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura and the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent together the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into, read it with me, a burning, fiery furnace. You see, because of Israel's disobedience and disregard of God, he had allowed them to be taken over by the Babylonians. And the Babylonians, in turn, had taken captive some of the finest men, as we talked about last week, in Israel to Babylon in order to turn them into productive citizens. The leader of Babylon was Nebuchadnezzar, who was the most powerful monarch in the world. No one else before or since has ever ruled over more people and property than Nebuchadnezzar. He was not only commander-in-chief of the most powerful army on earth, he was the high priest of political correctness. You heard that term before, hadn't you? He wanted everyone to bow down to the same altar, worship the same God, and he wanted to make sure everybody was included and nobody was excluded. Now hear this, don't get this confused. The only thing that was not tolerated was anyone who would not tolerate what he wanted tolerated. In other words, he lifted up this golden image of a pagan god, and at the appointed time, he wanted everyone to bow down and worship. There were to be no exemptions and no exceptions. You will notice the list of the dignitaries that was there. I mean, you kind of get tired just reading through all of them. I mean, everybody who was somebody, I mean, it was a political who's who in that day that had gathered to join what I would call the cult of conformity and bow down to this pagan God. It must have been a tremendous sight. People were being interviewed on Good Morning Babylon. I mean, they were tuned in to CNN 
the Chaldean News Network. He had set a new religion to be formed and a new God to be worshipped. Everybody, listen, everybody is going to, going to join the church the same day. Because all the only, listen, because after all, the only alternative is what? To be barbecued like a crispy critter. But don't miss this. Then, the wind of this demonic commandment is met by the wall of a divine courage. These young Hebrew men stood up when everybody else bowed down and their actions were reported to the king. Look at verse 12. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Now think about that for a moment again. Anybody and everybody who was somebody fell in line and did what they were told. Can you imagine the peer pressure in front of all these people? They went along to get along, everybody except these three men. Now you talk about a profile in courage. Now look at this. It doesn't take any courage to be a part of the moral majority. It takes courage to be a part of the moral minority. These young men could have rationalized and compromised so easily. We've heard it before. Well, I don't believe I ought to let my beliefs interfere with my politics. They could have said everybody else is doing it. When in Babylon, do what the Babylonians do. Or does this sound familiar? I don't believe I should impose my morality on someone else. In other words, I'll bow down on the outside. I just won't bow down on the inside. You see, they're saying it is now legal, so I guess it must be right. So these three men do us a big favor. They really show us what real faith is all about. Real faith means obeying God regardless of the feelings within us, the circumstances around us, or the consequences before us. You agree with that statement? Do you agree with that statement? Okay. One of the greatest lessons as a parent you will ever teach your children is to have courage to stand for what is right, Stand for the right thing, even when they stand alone. The only place you will find this courage is in God. Always remember this, ladies and gentlemen. When you stand for what is right, you never stand alone. God always stands with you. So first, take courage from God. Step number two. Keep confidence in God. Nebuchadnezzar hears about the disobedience of these three men. Now, man, his temperature, I mean, is higher. And his temper is hotter than the fire in the furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar decides to give these young men a second chance in the process to save their life. He made them an offer they couldn't refuse. Look at verse 15. Now, if you're ready... 
When you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Listen to that question. That is the question that you will be asked when you are being tempted to compromise, to give in, to go along, to get along, to take the bait and get in line. Which God do you really serve? Do you really trust? And do you really believe? Well, what was their response? Look at it in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Man, I love these guys. I mean, they don't fear or flinch. Think about it. They looked this king square in the eyes. And they said, listen, Nebby, time for us to just talk. Just, you want to keep talking, but this talk is really over. We've made up our mind. It is not up for debate, discussion, or deliberation. Read our lips. We may burn, but we won't bend, we won't bow, and we won't budge. In a storm, it is the tallest tree in the forest that gets struck by lightning. It's the one that usually draws it in. If you decide to stand tall for what is right and for God, you will draw the fire and you will face the heat. Had they been in charge, they would have exercised any number of options. They would have had the golden image destroyed. And Nebuchadnezzar rescind his law or the fire in the furnace go out or simply be given an exemption. But at this point, they were out of option. So what did they do? Look at verse 17. Now, I want you to really don't miss this. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Listen. Whatever happened, they were not going to walk into it groaning, complaining, or saying, woe is me. They were going to go out singing, how great is our God. They were going to face fire with faith and not fear. And the reason they had such a great faith was because they knew they were placing it in a great God who is able. Listen, there is something that we should never forget. Church, we serve a God who is able. Scientifically, our God is able to take nothing and to turn it into everything. Our God is able to take grief and turn it into glory. Physically, our God is able to take illness and turn it into wellness. Spiritually, our God is able to take a rebellious heart and turn it into a redeemed heart. Eternally, our God is able to take the sunset of death and turn it into the sunrise of resurrection. Why? Because our God is able. What they say next is one of the all-time great statements of faith in God. But if not, be it known to you, O King, 
that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And you ought to put a circle around those three words, but if not. See, they had already made up their mind in their heart. I told you last week, if you hadn't already made up your mind and your heart that you're not going to do these things, then you're going to probably do them. You need to make up your mind today that you're not going to cross that line. They had already made that, that up in their mind and heart. They had already decided what was right and what was wrong. You see, too many people spend too much time trying to make up their mind what they're going to do when they are faced with a situation to give in and give up. And you had better make up your mind every day before you walk out the door of your home whether you're going to live for God or not. Whether you're going to obey God or not for what is right or wrong. I learned a long time ago, if you will just make one big decision, it will keep you from having to worry about a lot of little ones. They had already decided they were going to choose the fire. They were going to take the heat. They knew that God could deliver them from the fiery furnace, but they didn't know that he would deliver them. Whether he would deliver, either deliver them from it or through it, they were going to stand with God and for God, whether they what? Lived or died. You see, real faith is not the confidence that God will work things out the way you want. Hear this. It is the confidence that God will work things out the way he wants. The truth is, when you stand for God, you may die. If you love God, you may not get healed. If you love God and obey God, you may lose your job. Faith is not believing that you will live and not die. Faith is not believing you will be healed again and not die. Hear that. Faith is believing it is better to die than to live if that is God's will for your life. Are you there yet? A but if not, faith understands that we can't always be sure of what is going to happen, but we can always be sure of who is controlling what is going to happen. This is our confidence, and we believe that disappointment does not mean God has disappeared. Death does not mean that God has failed. Difficulty does not mean that God is weak and out of control. If you face the fire and you have to take the heat, remember that his eye is on the thermometer. His hand is always on the thermostat. And we can take the heat when it comes. Last point, step three. Honor your commitment to God. There was no small print in the contract of their commitment. In other words, if God delivered them from the furnace, they would live for him. If God delivered them through the furnace, they would live with him. Whether they lived or whether they died, they had made a commitment to God and they were going to honor it. Nebuchadnezzar had made an equally strong commitment to his God. They had their chance and they blew it. 
if it was the heat they were willing to take, then he was willing to give. But unbeknownst to him, now the fun begins. He heats up the fire how many times? Anybody remember? Seven times more than it was usually heated. He was determined that they were going to go from rare to super well done in a flash of an eye. The smoke would be a reminder of everyone else. You had better step in line, and you had better stay in line. And this is what happened. Look at verse, beginning with verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Three men are thrown into a furnace, but a fourth man is there. Now, scholars debate whether this was the Son of God or someone like a Son of God. Many believe the reason why this fourth person looked like a Son of God is because he was the Son of God. I believe this was an Old Testament, myself, an Old Testament appearance of the New Testament Jesus. Regardless, Nebuchadnezzar now realizes they can stay in there all day, but there will be no barbecue to enjoy. So waving the white flag of surrender, we read this. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning, fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out from the fire. They didn't bow. They didn't bend. And because of it, they didn't burn. You do the math. Verse 24 tells us three men went into the fire. Verse 25 tells us there were four men in the fire. Verse 26 tells us that Three men came out of the fire. Where where does that leave the fourth man? He is still in the fire. When you take the heat for God, he will take the heat with you. Hear that. Jesus didn't come. Hear this. Jesus didn't come to this world to get us out of trouble. He came to get into trouble with us. You never, ever, need to fear the furnace. If these boys had kept their mouth shut, minded their own business, gotten in line and done what they were told, they wouldn't have been thrown into that furnace. If they had not been thrown into that furnace, they would have never, ever, ever experienced the presence of God, enjoyed the power of God, or been developed, I mean, just, just enveloped by the protection of God. Hear this. When you are tempted to take the coward's way out, to forsake your convictions, and to compromise your integrity, you just take God 
out of the picture. You don't give God a chance to show what a mighty God he is. This is the opportunity to prove that with God, you can face any furnace, and with God, you can take any heat. Now, remember what I said about those firefighters? We talked about at the beginning of the message. Do this if you do. Remember that? Who thought they were out of options? Well, it turns out they weren't. Dodge suddenly took out a match, lit it, and threw it into the shoulder-high grass in front of him. His men thought he had lost his mind because in an instant the grass was ablaze in a widening circle. At the ring, as the ring of this new fire spread, it cleared a small area of everything flammable. It wasn't much of a safety zone, but it was all they had. He jumped over that blazing ring, moved to the very center of it, wrapped a wet cloth around his face, got down on the ground, and waited. The surging firewall came all the way around the circle and leapt over the top because it found nothing to burn where he was. His hair wasn't even singed. It simply burned a hole in that raging fire. The tragedy is, 13 of his men saw what he had done, but decided they would be better off making a run for it, and none of them made it. Only the men who realize that the fire cannot go where the fire had already been were saved. In other words, strangely enough, only the men who were willing to take the heat lived. 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked into a fiery furnace in the shape of a cross. And he took the heat of God's wrath against our sin. So what? So that we could be forgiven and redeemed, not from the fire of death, but have the light of eternal life. If for no other reason, every chance we get, we ought to take any heat for him because he took the greatest heat for us. Let's pray together. This morning, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what you may be facing, maybe some of you have not made up your mind about crossing that line. And maybe you're getting very close to crossing it. And maybe you just need to come today and say, God, help me. Lord, I know better. God, help me to take the heat. Father, with you, Lord, I know, Lord, in my own life, I feel like I have no more options. But God, because of you, I have an option. So maybe you just need to come today and pray and ask God to help you through that. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today. And we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.